Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Riverfront. This is episode number 417 of the world's most dangerous podcast. We are live now on YouTube, on uh, on the Twitters, on Facebook. Uh, if you're watching one of those, you already know we're live. If not, you'll start streaming in, I imagine, here at some point. Uh, so you're welcome to join us um, as soon as you can. And if not, we're going to be available on all our regular streams, audio, video, and, uh, well, that's about all audio and video, right? Nothing else. Uh, I'm Chad Dotson, your host. With me again this week is uh, my buddy Nate. How are you today, Nate? Chad, I'm great. How are you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. You're sounding good. I'm excited to be here, talk about the Reds, really just get to get to hang out with my bro, maybe a little Bill Lack later. Let's do this. Yeah, it looks like Bill Lack may be able to join us here in a little bit, so we're hopeful uh, that that's going to happen at some point, but this is... The riverfront, and we're going to begin with. Uh, this is not the news of the week in terms of the Reds, but it kind of is in terms of the riverfront plus the Reds, which is this uh, this billboard. Have you heard of this billboard thing we've been laughing about for months, Nate? Some people have uh, sent out some tweets that I've noticed. They've had our names <laughs> attached to it. I'm not really sure, but uh, yeah, this billboard is happening. As soon as we get off here, I will send over to uh, Joe Farfsing, who's done an incredible job helping us organize this. The contract's been signed. I'll send him the final file, and we are, as of this recording, just a couple hundred bucks away from our goal. And I know that uh, you know we've pledged to take care of any difference, and this thing is really, really happening. So uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah, we actually got you know we're we're, we're pretty close now. Yeah, you know, we started it uh, last week, and we're within three hundred and fifty-five dollars. I think I haven't refreshed the page, but I, within three hundred and fifty-five dollars of our goal, which is amazing. One hundred and fifty-nine people have donated. I mean, it's really been a uh, you know. I mean, is, is anything going to change because of a, a billboard that says "Sell the Team, Bob"? Okay, probably not. But it's a chance for uh, Reds fans to kind of you know um, send a message. Send a message that they they'll probably ignore. We we understand that going in, but uh, just that you know this is uh, to show that we're not happy. This is an opportunity to show that we're just not happy with the way uh, the Castellani regime has has run this organization. So yeah, we're gonna ho- hopefully we'll get to our our goal very soon. If we don't, the riverfront's gonna cover the rest of it. I've already donated personally, but with the riverfront, we'll cover the the rest of whatever it takes to get there. We are going to do this this billboard. It will be up. Uh, Sometime this coming week, um, and that's kind of crazy. Sell the team, Bob. Hash Brown, sell the team, Bob. I mean, we laughed about it for a while, but I don't know. This is kind of a fun little thing, right? I uh, yeah, this movement already began before I really you know became part of the podcast, and uh, you know it just seemed like it was going to be one of those things that we talked about and talked about, and never actually made happen. Like a fun little running gag. And then all of that, uh, you know, that, that week of, of rough news on the Reds front, front kind of uh, made the call for it quite a bit louder. So here we are. It's uh, we're about ready to pull the trigger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. I want to go ahead and address something off the top because there were uh, not very many three trolls probably on 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 Twitter. There, if you if you post anything on Twitter, you're going to find trolls. Those of you that said this nonsense, uh, you're a troll. Um, and some of our members of the family tried to respond, but I thought I'd go ahead and, and, and say something. People were like, "Why does it have the Riverfront's ad on it? You're just you're getting uh, you're you're going to go fund me to do an ad for the Riverfront." Okay, well, look, whatever. Be a troll if you want to be a troll. The fact of the matter is this: we could have put up uh, just a hashtag sell the Bob, sell the sell the Bob team, also billboard, sell the Bob team, um, 
and uh, nobody knows who it is. Uh, by putting our logo on there, it, it says it's a it's fancy, not just some rich guy, you know, uh, getting a billboard. But more than that, it's this. Um, the fact of the matter is, this was kind of conceived uh, here at the riverfront. Our family, you know, Joe Forrest, you already mentioned, but, you know, he's actually gone to companies, more than one company, to try to find the placement, try to get a contract together. Um, we're going to cover the rest of it. Uh, this has been a riverfront family, our Patreon family. This has been uh, born. I know we've been talking about it a lot on Twitter over the last uh, months, but on our private Slack channel at the, the Riverfront, patreon.com slash Riverfront. Since we talk about this every day, we're making these plans and this has been a, a Riverfront project. And so, you know, it's not a, it's not about advertisement. Who cares? You know, uh, we're losing money on this deal. We're losing, we lost money on the t-shirts. Who cares? Right. Um, we're just, uh, it, it's kind of a movement that we're having a little bit of fun with, but I, I don't know. I think that's, uh, it's making a statement uh, from, from fans, uh, for fans and, I can't wait to see that first picture that comes in this uh, in the next few days when the the, the, the billboard goes up. It's it's gonna be fun. So I wanted to go ahead and mention that. Yeah, well said. Um, we learned for centuries that uh, trolls live under bridges. Turns out they live on Twitter. Yes. So um, screw you guys. Uh, we had one question. These come from our friends again at patreoncom slash Sensi. This week's viewer mail questions. One comes from our friend Joey Gaditza. Joey says, "Hey guys, uh, there's more than that. Not just hey guys." With the billboard on the verge of being displayed, when he, when he learns of it or sees it, do you think Bob will publicly address it? Or perhaps someone in the organization will on his behalf, maybe Nick Crawl, because he's so good at talking. I hope someone does. Um, uh, hear what they have to say. Ha ha. So um, Joey, Joey's asking that question. Is anyone going to um, mention him? I, I'll let you uh, say what you want, Nate, about it, but... The answer is probably almost certainly no, unless it has unless it's some kind of big huge viral moment. Let's not count on that, but and they're forced to address it. But um, uh, Bob only answers questions in scripted format, as we saw uh, from his recent conversation with Tommy Thrall, which was embarrassing. I said I wasn't going to comment on it again, and we're not going to talk about it much more here, except to say that it's an embarrassment. Phil Castellini made some ridiculous comments yesterday um, about. Uh, to, that we should trust them. If they say anything, it's going to be nonsense. You don't need to uh, believe any of it anyway. But, uh, but I, I would say that I will certainly know, but I'm really hopeful that it gets some conversation going. Um, and, and I think I'll find out if there are, is some discussion within the front office. Just, I, I think I will hear that and uh, we'll report back. But, but anyway, what do you think, Nate? Um, I think you're right. I don't think that we'll hear anything, but I get a lot of pleasure from, yeah, I do. We know how heated Bob gets and how uh, personal he takes some of this stuff. So the thought of him stomping around his office uh, mad about a billboard brings me joy to no end. Yeah, hilarious. So those of you, that, by the way, that are on YouTube or on Twitter, wherever you are, uh, if you, I think if you're on YouTube, you should be able to uh, comment. If you do, we'll be able to see that and we'll uh, put it up here. We, maybe if you have a question, maybe we'll answer it later. But let's get into the news of the week, shall we? As if the billboard wasn't the news of the week. Let's talk about the starting rotation. Um, the Reds are going to have a starting rotation. Okay. Show. Yes. So the question is, who's it going to be? The Reds kind of announced their rotation this week. Uh, and uh, the big news there was not that Tyler Malley starting opening day or that Reaver San Martin should be starter San Martin now. Vladimir Gutierrez also going to be in the opening day rotation. 
And that's, of course, because Luis Castillo and Mike Miner are going to be injured, not start the season in the rotation. They will be in the rotation eventually. But the big news was game four versus the Atlanta Braves. Hunter Green will be starting. Um, to me, that was the most exciting news of the week. Hunter Green's going to break camp with the Reds. Outstanding. Can't wait to see what happens. Nate? Yeah, it's awesome. I think there were a lot of people that were uh, kind of nervous that they would manipulate his service time a little bit. Um, but no, uh, maybe if it's just a ploy to get some some butts in the seats, but or I actually wanted that'll be on the road, so maybe it's just eyes on the screens. But I don't care. It's great. I cannot be more excited to watch the young fella go out there and hurl you know, 100-mile-an-hour fastballs over and over, and hopefully he'll uh, be followed shortly behind by a couple of his other young counterparts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it will be in Atlanta, game four. Um, it will not be in Cincinnati. Um, so I wasn't – there wasn't any danger of me going to the game anyway because I'm still going to boycott Bob this year. But um, very, uh, very, very exciting. Um, I, to me, just – number one, you know, I, I hate to give the Reds too much credit, but they're not – they are not uh, going to – "Quote unquote manipulate service time like they've done in the past with Green. I don't know. If they have a choice. I don't. They're so thin. There's so little depth, top to bottom, on this roster that I, I don't know. They have, they have much of a choice. Um. So, but but either way, let's you know credit where credit's due. They uh, are going to break camp with Hunter Green, and you know what what do we what do we expect from Hunter Green this year? We'll talk maybe a little bit more about that later which and, and but my answer is going to be consistently don't expect a lot, okay? He's still a kid. If we get if we get a lot great, fantastic. If we don't, then you know, he's he's still a kid. He's going to learn. Uh, but I just I'm I'm thrilled at the opportunity to get to to watch him. Nate, I know you're excited, but you're a little more excited to see Reaver San Martin, is that true? I mean, who, who's not? <laughs> Didn't know who he was until last year, but uh, he has pitched really, really well so far in a limited sample size. But you know, any of these guys could, you know, sort of pick up the mantle and fill in the uh, the gap that we lost from some of those other guys. That, uh, I'm not going to talk about anymore. Um, <laughs> Reaver's one of those guys. I mean, he's got he's got the right jersey on, so I'm I'm excited for him too. You know, essentially, what you're telling me is that you're you cheer for laundry. I do cheer for laundry. I mean. Sure. I don't know why I do. I blame <laughs> you, but uh, I have I've gone full into just optimism and positivity about this upcoming season. I'm, I'm over the sadness and the anger. So all these guys are now my favorite players. There you go. That's, that's a conversation we really need to have, frankly, and we don't have to get into it too much here today. But the fact of the matter is the season's here. And I've had some people reach out and say, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm worried. I'm starting to get excited now that the season's here, to me, which I say, enjoy it. Right, enjoy it. It's baseball. Why do we follow it if it's not to enjoy it? Um, so I say, have fun. Let's try to be optimistic right now. Uh, I did see a projection this week. I think it was uh, Baseball Prospectus's uh, Pacota projections had the Reds predicted for second place in the Central, winning like seventy-eight games <laughs> because the Central is awful. But still, second place. You know, that's better than we could. One of the best seasons of my lifetime. There you go, right? So, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's be optimistic. And Hunter Green is one thing I'm optimistic about. Unfortunately, of course, uh, Luis Castillo and Mike Miner are going to begin the year on the injured list, um, confirmed this week, both uh, dealing with sore shoulders. Nate, I just I, we're live here, so uh, but are you getting some feedback when I talk? Just to make, Does it sound okay to you? Sounds fine to me, much better than uh, some of the past weeks. 
yeah, I just, I don't know, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. And so you're getting a peek behind the curtain here. Sorry about that. Uh, those of you yeah, that are listening. There might be some kinks that we have, we need to work out. So yeah, you're, I figured you're out. Let us know. So Castillo and, um, and Mike Miner, uh, the Reds, of course, traded for a pitcher with a sore shoulder. Yeah, good work, uh, Nick Crawl. But um, so they're not going to be back. Hopefully they will be back at some point. Uh, Mid-April is what uh, Nick Crawl said. Um, the rule changed now. They had, it was supposed to be 15 days. You had to stay on the injury list if you were a pitcher. They did change it back to 10 days. So they technically, by the time, if they are ready by mid-April – that fifth start when it comes, actually the fifth game of the season, Tyler Malley is going to start. But the game after that, the Reds will probably need a uh, another starter. It could technically be Castillo or Minor if one of them are healthy. If it's not, do we see Nick Lodolo, two, uh, two rookies in the first uh, week's worth of games? Um, I'm here for that. Yep. I uh, I project that Lodolo will be in the, in the rotation possibly as early as that second week. Um, he's ready. You know, they got some 40 man shuffling to do, but he was kind of lights. He was electrifying this spring. I know spring training is a grain of salt, grain of salt, but man, he looked good. He looked ready. Yeah. We want to do that every year. Uh, give too much credit to the spring results. We have to caution ourselves every year, but you're right. He's looked good. Um, I, I think the reason it's Reaver San Martin over Lodolo now is what you just said. The, the, the Reds are going to make a 40 man, a bunch of 40 man roster moves. Look, probably. Um, before they finalize their roster going into uh, next week's opening day. And so um, Lodolo, of course, is one that's going to have to be – they're going to figure it out. So there's no reason not to push that off until the last possible moment. Could be injuries. Um, hopefully not Lodolo getting injured, but it could be. And um, so they're going to wait They're going to wait to do that. But uh, the, the idea that Green and Lodolo could be uh, – pitching in the first six games of the year is amazing to me. It worries me a little bit in that we talk about the lack of depth. And again, I don't want to get, I want to continue to try to be optimistic if I can, but look at those six games, the five pitchers in those six games. If, if it is Lodolo, you have three rookies, you have one guy that's a second year guy that nobody really expected to be in the rotation last year in Vlad Gutierrez, who, you know, did well when he was up, still a kid. And then you have Tyler Malley. That's not exactly, uh, uh, you know, mid-90s Atlanta Braves rotation there. Um, but, uh, you know, those there's some upside, though. Yeah, those mid-90s Braves pitchers had to start somewhere. Uh, did they start in a crappy Reds rotation? I wish. So, I wish. Uh, yes, we will talk a lot, especially early in the season, about the lack of depth on this roster and – it, it, it's a real thing when it comes to the uh, the everyday players. It's kind of a disaster what's going on right now in terms of the lack of depth. When everyone's healthy, the Reds should have a little bit of depth in the pitching staff, and uh, the starting pitchers. And so they don't now because everyone's not healthy. And you, if you're going to count on all your starters being healthy all the time, you're going to uh, you're in trouble. But you know, uh, it, when when Minor and Castillo are back, you got Malley, Castillo, Minor, top three, and then. You've got, uh, you know, a bunch of other guys, the, the Vlad Gutierrez, Reaver San Martin, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo for those last two spots, and all of a sudden you can mix, mix and match a little bit, and uh, it's, it's not that bad. So um, could be – oh, whoa, who's that? The pod who's father. That? <laughs> the pod father is here. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you fine. We can hear you as well. 
Welcome, Bill Lack. For those of you that are not watching on YouTube, it's Bill Lack. We're talking about Hunter Green in the rotation and possibly Nick Lodolo. Any thoughts? I, I, I didn't think you were allowed to talk about Hunter Green. Um, Stop it. I told you we're not doing that joke anymore. It's not a joke. That's <laughs> the sad thing. <laughs> Hunter hasn't yelled at me in many years now. That's because you quit gonna, talking about it. <laughs> I do not talk about Hunter Green anymore. Only um, kind things. I, I, I'm kind of surprised. I'll be honest. I'm kind of surprised that Green is in the rotation instead of Lodolo. Uh, to be honest, um, I I still think you know that fifth guy is going to be Lodolo. There's nobody else. I mean, who you know, unless they use Hoffman or some you know Joe you know some guy that came in from off the street. Uh, Bill is clearly not a Reaver San Martin fan. Actually, I think I got no problem with Reaver San Martin. I, he should just be reliever San Martin. I guess you know. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was, you're right. To, to let everybody know, I've been trying to get on for like 15 minutes, and my I had to reboot my computer and everything else. Nate, say something. I want to see if I can hear you. You got me. I'm yep, here. I can hear you. Because before, when you were talking, all I heard was Chad putting his drink down. Well, if, you, <laughs> if the uh, if the listeners are lucky, they could hear you. Oh, but I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. So anyway, uh, that's that's exciting news. Hopefully Castillo and uh, Mike Miner back soon. You know, Mike Miner is not going to be a superstar, but I'm glad to have him. You know, he's Wade Miley. Uh, Wade Miley light probably, so he'll be fine, I would think, if he can stay healthy, but he's not healthy already. Castillo they have to have. If they want to reach that 78-win projection, they have, to have, uh, they have to have Luis Castillo. Do you see them getting to 78 wins? Mm, yes. I was a betting man. If you were going to do an over-under at 79, what would you take? Nate? Um, the emotion. I would put a small, like, I love the Reds bet on the over. But if I had to, uh, if I had to risk the mortgage, I would probably go. <laughs> I, I, I don't see how they get the 79 wins. I just don't. I hope I'm wrong. But I just don't. I don't see how. Well, yeah, this kind of reminds me of some of those years where we were trying to uh, – the way I always put it was we were trying to squint and, and, you know, everything had to go right. If this team – the truth is, if if things really break right for this team, they could they're, they could be an above 500 team. That I mean, that I think that's a fact. The problem is we're betting on a lot of health there. And, and career no team years. Ever, is ever that healthy. Some, some good years, all right. Um, but you, they're so thin, especially, as we said, in the everyday eight um, – I just, you know, I can't see. We're going to get to a situation where you've got some guys playing uh, every day that are just not big league starters. Um, and we're going to see some of that early in the year. I know, I know. But we're going to be multiple guys. Um, so um, the pitching can be can be good if everyone gets healthy and stays healthy and Green and Lodolo are what we hope they could be. The, the rotation actually could be the, the best part of this team. I just I don't I, I fear they're going to struggle to score some runs. Ultimately, is what it comes down to. Hey, let's talk speed. about the everyday. They got speed. They're going to steal bases. Didn't you? Didn't you? Don't you listen? They're going to be much better on the bases. They're going to steal bases. I'm all about this team getting super weird with I'm, I'm, trick plays all the time. Squeeze <laughs> run, run to third instead of first. You know, yeah, <laughs> mix it up. Flea flicker occasionally. There you go. Triple reverse pass. 
Yeah, the, the, the Reds are going to, you know, David Bell, manager David Bell said they're going to get better in a really, they're getting better in a really weird way. They're going to be, well, maybe maybe that maybe that's what they're going to do. They're, they're going back to straight 1970s, you know, steel bases and pitchers going, you know, eight innings. Well, as you, as you guys talked about last week, you know, they are getting better, but they dropped back like 40 yards to move forward five. You know, is that really – you know, how stupid do they think people are? Quite. <laughs> Quite. That's the answer. Yeah, we got way, way worse. But since we got worse from that point. We got better. We got a lot better. <laughs> you know, come it's on. Like, you know, it's like Phil saying the other day, have a little faith in us. That's what I have. Very little. Very little faith. Yeah, I, you know, I, I already mentioned it once, and now ben, Bill's mentioned it again. I was trying not to dive too deep into those ridiculous comments about uh, – Bob Castellini and, and Phil Castellini this week because no one who listens to those believes it unless you're just I don't know if you believe it I'm sorry just call the ticket office but um, God bless you if you believe that I, you know the world cannot get by without people with faith and those are people with faith and God bless yeah, them you know you have to have they've, some faith. They've, they've wrung the faith out of me <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the outfield uh, really quickly again, because uh, there's not a ton actually of very interesting position battles in the spring like you sometimes have. Uh, one that's interesting only to us because we are, you know, we obsess about this team. I think um, is uh, oh, Nate's a, if you're not watching on on, on the YouTube's, Nate's a haver of faith now. That's good. He was not Chris Rock earlier, because which is good because I almost slapped him. Um, the the fifth outfielder. It looks like, uh, from, what, from what we've he- heard from uh, David Bell, Tommy Pham is going to be the left fielder uh, for the Reds. Looks like David Bell is, is, think- is leaning towards Nick Senzel and Tyler Naquin as the other two starting outfielders. Those are your presumptive starting trio. Um, again, you have to have Nick Senzel going back to being the, the guy we thought he was going to be. And then Naquin is – Naquin's Naquin. Um he got hot at times last year. It was great. Looks like uh, Jake Fraley, who came over in the trade from Seattle, where the Reds uh, relinquished Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. Looks like he's going to make the team. So the last outfielder is going to be either uh, Shogo Akiyama or Aristides Aquino. Doesn't look like both can uh, can make it. So, Nate, I'll go to you first because I know you were having this conversation on our Slack channel a little bit with some, some people earlier today. Uh, what do we think and should we care? Um, we probably shouldn't care what that's worth but we do and you know we're we're nerds um i'm a big fan of show go here um i want the guy to succeed i understand that he has just looked simply overmatched um almost his entire career with reds but he's never been given a fair chance he's never gotten regular at bats if there is something there then i would at least like to know that um akino had that hot month that hot start but also just really hasn't ever been good since then so I'd like to see Shogo get the at-bats and if, uh, you know, give him a month or two regular playing time and if he still doesn't have it, yeah, then you can look at cutting bait. Yeah, the one thing I could see is, um, you know, uh, some sort of platoon with Aquino and Naquin because they can't hit, you know, uh, they can only hit against one uh, one arm. I could see something like that. But the the fact of the matter is, if you're not going to do that, I don't know how you can have, I don't know how you can have Aquino and Akiyama. Both are flawed players who have basically had one good month each. Um, 
the question is going to be, is Castellini is going to have to spend the money for Akiyama, whether they cut him or not, but are they going to be willing to cut bait and still pay him? Um, They've not been willing to do that in the past. Bill, any thoughts on that? Isn't every outfielder on this team a flawed player? No. (laughs) Who isn't? Kyle Farmer. He's not an outfielder. Kyle Farmer is everything. I won't listen to this slander. I, I have to admit, I, I, when they signed Shogo, I was really excited and thought he was going to be a, a really good player, and, it, and he just hasn't been. I mean, even when given the opportunities, he hasn't performed. Uh, he, he has not gotten the opportunities that I would like for him to get because he's had health problems and whatever. But I thought he would be less of a slap hitter than he is. I, I, I thought he had more power than he, than he has. Now they saying they're saying he you know he changed his swing and all that stuff you know he, blah blah blah. Um, Aquino had like like you like you guys have both said had, episode had, number four hundred seventeen blah blah blah. That's the yeah. that's the title of this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, Aquino's had one like you said had one good month and it was is it a month for the record books historic right yeah and then he turned back into Aquino. Um, Shogo gives you a little bit better defense, but Aquino is not a bad defensive no. outfielder either. Good athlete, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna platoon Naquin. I think Naquin's gonna be in right field every day. They have to platoon him. Nate, did you have something you were getting ready to add a minute ago? I just wanted to throw out there that you know everybody or a lot of people think of Aquino as this uh, this prospect. You know, if he can if he can figure it out, he's twenty eight years old. Yeah. <laughs> right. He is how, old, how, old, how old is Akiyama? 79. In dog years. They age differently, <laughs> they age differently in Japan. There you go. Um, he's in his thir- yeah. He, um, I, I don't know what the deal is with Akiyama, frankly. I'm like, I'm like both of you. I, I expected more out of him. And I think that uh, we had a right to expect more out of him than we, than we had to expect out of Akino, who had no track record other than basically two thirds of a season in triple a, and then a great month in, uh, in August. Um, Akiyama was really good in uh, Japan. And frankly, we know at this point, you, you can kind of translate Japanese stats into America and get some idea. It's not quite the same level of competition, but he, he had a track record that he should have been able to know why it was. You know, I, I don't know if uh, what, the, what the situation was, but, uh, but he's getting, you know, he's, he's, what's that name? In his defense, he came over and COVID happened. And that's that's a weird way to start your career. And then I know he had some personal stuff um, happen last year. So he's had yeah, the thing with his wife, and then and then he got hurt. Yeah, so yeah, he had a rough couple of years off the field too. That's why I would at least like to just see him get get a shot, give him some at bats. Yeah, and and let's hope hope another tree doesn't fall on his wife. Bless her heart. Do any of us honestly believe that the Reds are going to cut a guy that's still that's under contract? Phil Castellini told us that they're trying to win. We need to trust them. I bet they will. Hey, you know what? Slap singles, pretty weird. So I'm for it. <laughs> well, the, and the thing is, the, the thing to remember too is that, and, and I, you guys may have said this while I was busy trying to reboot my computer. Aquino's out of options, so he either right. makes the team or he's gone. You know, he's going to get put on waivers. Now, you know, whether he goes through waivers and comes back, signs and little, who the heck knows? But you know, it's not like they can send him; they can option him. Well, Akiyama has a clause in his contract that allows him to uh, 
be a free agent if they try yeah. to uh, designate him to the to AAA as well. So they're going to they're going to lose one of these guys. Who do they want him to lose? But you know what though, they might try that because somebody else would have to pick up the contract. And not that it's a, a crazy big contract no. for this day and age, but yeah, is someone going to take that chance? Eight mil. Eight mil, that's nothing. I make that on an average Tuesday. Well, you're a government now, employee. You got that kickback money. Hey, watch it. Watch it. I hope hope the boss isn't listening. Oh, mercy. Um, so, again, these are the things we discussed because we're crazy at this uh, time of the spring, but I'm not sure that it matters much either way. But uh, I like both those guys, uh, so I'm, I'm eager to see what happens. Let's let's talk next, if we could, about uh, that Mariners trade we mentioned a moment ago, where Suarez and um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Winky Winkle Winkle Voss. Um, yeah, that guy went to the Mariners. The Reds got a uh, um, a player to be named later that came over in that deal. So, and we finally found out who the player to be named later was. We, first of all, we got Justin Dunn, an injured pitcher, Brandon Williams, and, and Jake Fraley, and a player to be named later in exchange for Suarez and uh, and Winkyton. Um, so uh, on uh, on Tuesday this week, Connor Phillips was named as that guy, right-handed pitcher. Connor Phillips was the player to be named later. You know, it's funny the. Uh, Nick Crawl said, oh, you're going to really like who this player to be named later is. We don't know who he is yet, but you're going to like him. Uh, Nick Crawl, good at talking, said that uh, earlier. And then, you know, the, the Mariners were like, oh, I hate to lose this guy. And Connor Phillips is, you know, seems like a, 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 a decent uh, guy. But he was the number 15 prospect in the Mariners organization. Not, and we're not talking about a, uh, a surefire thing. He was uh, drafted in 2020 in the second round. 2019, he was actually selected in the 35th round by the Blue Jays, didn't sign. 2020 went in the second to the Mariners out of uh, McLennan Community College, signed, and he's 6'2", will turn 21 early this year, and has never been out of single A. So, yeah, he may be he may be good, but forgive me if I don't get that excited about some guy that's 21 and has never been out of single A. Either of you have any thoughts? I don't expect it, but... Well, the other thing is, if you look at his picture on Baseball Reference, he's got like something sticking out of the side of his head. Is it a knife? I don't know. I, I can't tell what it is. An arrow? I don't know if it's it's like a bad haircut or you know whether he's doing the Steve Martin thing with the arrows coming out both sides. I don't know. It's just a strange picture. Um, I, I'm but not. I'm, I'm look very that. excited about this guy because Phil because the Castellinis told me that he was going to be a game changer. They well, immediately. Insinuated. Yeah, he immediately became the number 14 ranked prospect in the Reds organization. Yay! <laughs> they win your World Series. <laughs> yeah. Ah, whatever. Connor Phillips, hope you're great. Um, more, yeah, I hope it comes good luck to you. All right, so the other news of the week, the Reds made a bunch of cuts. Uh, not many worth talking about. Uh, Kyle Zimmer, Ben Lively is back, and he got cut again. Uh, Philip Deal, Nate's, Nate's guy, Graham Ashcraft, got sent to minor league camp. Nate, sorry about that. He's got to work on that third pitch. Where, where, you, where do you think he's going to end up this year to start the season, Nate? I think they're going to start him in double A. Um, I agree. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll advance him quickly if he's, if he's pitching well, but he does need a little more time. He's going to be a starter. He needs to work on that third was pitch. He, was he at Dayton and, and, uh, Dayton and Daytona last year? Yes, if I'm not mistaken. They, actually, yes. now it's Daytona and Dayton, not Dayton and Daytona like it yeah. used to be. Thank you. One thing that I thought was interesting, it looks like Dory Moretta, uh, if you remember uh, uh, him from from last year, who all complaining all year long that he didn't, uh, the Reds wouldn't bring him up until the very end. Looks like he's going to be on the opening day roster. So that's 
a good thing. I mean, you know, again, they say we're leaning into our, our youth and we're, we're building from within, which is really an excuse to let some rookies play, which I wish they had let, done that the last couple of years, but these, at least those are some guys, Moretta, that I, I want to watch, Hunter Green, Nick Lodole, that I want to see play. So, well, Additionally, if you believe that this was part of a cohesive plan, you might be able to, you might be able to buy into it. I mean, if they'd have done this last year, when they still had a chance and brought up some of these, you know, these guys, you know, Barrero is, is a prime example, guys that could have helped them rather than sitting pat and saying, well, once we get healthy, we'll be good. You know, uh, that's a good Nick crawl imitation. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I just, I, 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 you know, like you said, it's exciting that, that we've got some talent in the minor league organization and we're going to see it. But we did it at the expense of, prove, of, of all of the – not all, but a, a vast majority of the proven major league players. And you, you can't, you know, clear the, clear the decks and restart every three years and think you're going to get rid of the peaks and valleys. Yeah, I'm just uh, – I'm not going to relitigate that, Bill. You're 100% correct, um, and I'm just going to leave it at that because I just – it's so it's so can we, can we put that can we record that because Chad has never ever said that in the 25 years plus that I've known him say, will you say that again please no I'm not gonna say it again but it'll be it'll be on YouTube so you can go in and watch it as many times as you want because it'll be the last time put it on a loop <laughs> so let's get to the topic of the week before we get into some viewer mail. The topic of the week this week is prediction time. This is the time of the year when we always make predictions here on um, the riverfront or uh, the the artist formerly known as Red Leg Nation Radio. And so this year, um, Nate actually had the idea to do it a little bit different uh, than we usually do these predictions. And, and Nate, uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of tell us what your Bill. All right. Look, Bill's gone. Uh, Bill's out. Uh, <clears throat> Bill's gone. How dare he? If you're not watching on YouTube, don't because Bill's the disaster. Um, Nate, tell us what's your, what's your, what's your, uh, idea was to do how, uh, for how we should accomplish these uh, these predictions. Yeah, Chad and like nine other people are the only people left that still care about the Oscars, but um, it's true that it uh, kind of captured the uh, the public conscious this week after some interesting events, and we thought it to be Sh- shenanigans. Nate, just let's call it like it is shenanigans. Shenanigans ensued. Um, we wanted to sort of just run with that a little bit and use the Oscars format to make our predictions for the 2022 season. Um, I think we missed an opportunity to title these, the Tom Mansky fielding Academy awards. <laughs> so we're going to use some, we, we, we crowdsourced these over at our, uh, our, uh, um, hold on, hold on there. Hold on our pod We're coming to you. We crowdsourced these there uh, with our Slack channel guys at, uh, Riverfront patreon.com slash riverfront sensei. And so we have some categories. So, so Bill, you're eager to get in on something here. Go ahead and let's, let's hear it. I want to do two things before we get started here. One is I know you guys were talking about the Oscars thing earlier. I can think the complete whole thing was a setup. I believe the whole thing was a setup to, to boost ratings. I firmly believe that. It's not impossible. Um, and number two, this goes back to something you guys were talking about last week about Amir Garrett going to the, the Royals when you were talking about the trade. I would not be at all surprised if he has a year that, it, and not necessarily this year, but he is going to find himself somewhere and, and turn into a phenomenal relief pitcher 
because he's just got too much talent to be as bad as he's been for the last couple of years. I really think there isn't anybody that the Reds have traded in the last few years that it would surprise me less to see their talent explode than Amir Garrett. Because the, sure. the talent's always been there. I'm, I'm not sure what that has to do with Will Smith, but uh, well, I don't think you're wrong. Two different points there, Pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> they're, both, um, they're both good at attacking other people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. We'll both charge the stage in the dugout, you know? <laughs> that's a, that's all I wanted to get in before we started with pizza. And, and, and I'm not even going to bring up Licorice Pizza. Number one movie of last year, Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson. Incredible film. Nate, did you see Licorice Pizza? Not yet. It's on the list for this weekend. It'll be two okay. hours of your life you'll wish you could get back. The best movie I've seen this year is Tick, Tick, Boom. I Henry Garfield's performance was just otherworldly and one of the best I've seen in a long, long time. Never even Not the best movie of the year to me, but very good. Very good. My movie of the year was, of course, Licorice Pizza. Bill, go ahead. What, you, what was the best movie you saw last year? Do you have it all, off the top of your head? Couldn't even tell you. I, I, I don't remember seeing one that I thought was really, really good. So my son and I went and saw The Batman a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was pretty good. It was, it it was, was good. Could have, could have cut about 30 minutes out of it, I think, and it would have been better. Um, Nate and I, I, I and our brothers have had that conversation this week. That man, amazing, looked gorgeous. Could have probably took about thirty minutes out. I, I and I thought the finale, you know, the big action finale was kind of like, okay, that's it. No spoilers. Gosh, I will say that. I didn't say what it was. I just said I, I could kind of anti. I couldn't. I couldn't believe that Robin the Boy Wonder died at the end. That's the part that really got me. Well, I couldn't believe that Batman and Batgirl did that on a trampoline. trampoline. Yikes. Oh, it's getting PG-13. What's next? Live podcast. I think any Batman movie that does not have Maggie Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Oh, my goodness. An improvement. I agree. Uh, but uh, there was a Maggie Gyllenhaal movie this year that was really good. I thought you you disagreed. I know, Nate. But uh, she was the director, writer and director of it. Uh, the Lost Daughter. Oh, yeah. Anyway, too, that's too much uh, movie talk. Let's get, to our, let's get to our predictions for the year. First category is this. Best Actor in a lead role for 2022 in the Cincinnati Reds. Who's the best actor in the lead role? By, of course, we mean who's going to be the most valuable player on this team. Uh, Nate, I'll let you uh, take the lead. I think this year we're going to have some uh, some strong seasons from some familiar faces, but I think our boy Jonathan India is going to be the team MVP this year. I think his, uh, he's going to put up some stats, but his attitude and energy are going to kind of set the tone for the club. So he is my choice for best actor in the lead role. You had a couple of guys last year who were legitimate MVP candidates for much of the year in Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos, but you could make the argument by the end of the year that India was last year's MVP. I mean, uh, you know. Bill, who's uh, who's the best actor in the lead role here? Uh, my concern with India, I'm worried about a sophomore slump from India. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I, it concerns me. Uh, I'm picking Tyler Stevenson. I, I think he's going to get a ton of at-bats at different places. He's gonna be, They're going to try to get him in the lineup you know, just about every day. Uh, if he's not catching or playing first base, he'll probably DH. Um, I really think it, he could have a breakout season and be the the, 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 the man off the, off, off the Reds. Yeah, there's a chance we haven't been talking about him enough this offseason. Yeah, no, uh, you know, last year I, I, I said uh, that I believe that – I said it a couple times – that Tyler Stevens will ultimately make more all-star games than Jonathan India. I think he's going to have a better career. I just – he's just he, – I, I love the guy. Um, and with a designated hitter this year, uh, ugh. but he'll get a chance to be in the lineup. 
six days a week. And so uh, he's going to have, he's going to have you here. Probably, you know, I was looking through it and, and uh, I hate, again, I, I started to uh, say Tyler Stevens because I think it's a good call. I think it is a good call. Um, for me, it was between three guys. Stevenson, Joey Votto. You know, That's Joey Votto. I thought, I, pick. I thought I that was for your you all to see pick. the uh, the feature uh, piece that I wrote for the print uh, Cincinnati Magazine coming out in the May wow. issue, I think. Uh, they show I got to see the the layout today and the artwork and it's amazing. I love it. The title is Joey Votto is the greatest red of all time. And uh, I can't wait for you all to read that. But obviously, here's who I'm going for. Best actor in a lead role for his team MVP for 2022, Kyle Farmer. Oh. It has to be Kyle Farmer and um, because he does so many things for this team. <laughs> Next category, best pitcher. Nate, best pitcher. That's how we say it down in the mountains, right? That's right. So uh, <laughs> now I've lost you, Nate. I can't hear you. Uh, I think it's my. I think it's. I think it's on me. Go ahead, explain why it's best pitcher. And not I can best hear him, Chad. Can you hear me, Chad? I can hear Nate. Right. I got you, Bill. So, Ooh. all right. Yeah, so we, uh, instead of best picture, we decided uh, since we would tie this into Chad and my hillbilly roots, and a lot of people back home they pronounce the word picture, pitcher. So this is the best pitcher, and you may have guessed by now that we are going to nominate our choice for the best pitcher. Bill, who do you got? Who's going to be the uh, um, the Reds pitching MVP, best pitcher on the Reds? I got Tyler. I got Tyler Malley. I think he'll be the Reds' best pitcher by a long, long, direct, you know, way. I, I don't even think anybody else will be close. Well, I would say Castillo if it weren't for the injury concerns, but I think my odds on favor right now is Tyler Malley. Yep. That's, uh, I, I don't know when we'll see Castillo. I, I, and I was going to say this earlier. I have zero faith in the Reds' medical staff. So I just saw something come across that says, Sims hopes to be back after the first week of the season. Uh-huh. Yeah, he and uh, Nick Massett will be back around the same time and Sean Marshall. Well, that's a deep cut for those of you that have been listening to the podcast for years. Wow. So, Nate, you got Nick you have Mally Massett. as well, Nate? I had Mally too, yeah. So uh, no pressure, Tyler, but we all think that you're going to have – awesome. you, you demand. Let us down. A sweep of that category. Best supporting actor. This is not the team MVP. I, I'm actually going to go with Tyler Malley again on that one. You know, um, uh, he, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be the best player on the Reds team, but uh, I would not be surprised if he's one of the top two. Who do you guys have? Bill? Uh, the bad, the sad thing about that, Chad, is if, if Tyler Malley is the Reds' second best player, they aren't going to be close to seventy-nine wins. That's probably true. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and take Chad's guy. I'm gonna say Nick Senzel is finally going to be healthy, and he's going to put it together and have a, a, an above-average Major League Baseball season. I am yes. here. Yes, love that message. I, man, I hope that happens. That's Bill being optimistic, and I, yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, I would love if that happens. I, again, I'm at the point where Nixon's out still. He's still the guy that I think he can be, but he's going to have to show us at this point. I'm not counting on it uh, ever again. And you're not, I know, either, Bill. Nate, who's your best supporting actor? I went with our boy uh, JDV, Mr. Vado. I think um, yeah. if the Reds are going to be even decent this year, having him putting up that 40-homer uh, that season people have been talking about and just doing other Joey Vado stuff. What, what's a good, what what is a what's a good year for Votto at this point in his life? Do you think? Do you think he can reproduce last year? I do. Yeah. Why not? 
I mean, I, I understand he's Joey Votto, but even, you know, what do you say all the time? Uh, age is undefeated, Chad? Father time is undefeated, but Joey, I'm not, I'm not going to the 15th round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Um, again, the things he did last year seems to me like they could, would be things he could, he's not going to be able to reproduce them indefinitely, but I will not bet against him reproducing last year at least one more time. Yeah, um, right. He made those blessings to combat Father Time. Yeah. But his career by, you know, 20, 30 more years. I mentioned last week that I had a chance to interview him, and and one of the questions I asked, and you'll see the you'll see this in the in the piece that I wrote, but one of the questions I asked was uh, just to ask him his thoughts about being his name being mentioned in the with the benches and the Morgans and the Larkins, you know, in, in Red's history. And I mean, he he was gracious and gave a good answer, but he made sure to start every time he, he got anywhere close to that area of where do I fit in Red's history, he made sure to say, "I'm still playing, I'm not finished." He said, "I've I have things still to prove." And so I'm hopeful that uh, that'll be the case. Although I'll say he, he's proved everything I need him to prove by just watching his TikTok account. Nate, have you? I know Bill doesn't know what TikTok is. This but, is uh, a this is a perfect segue, perfect segue into the next category because he his TikTok account is my choice for um, best comedy. <laughs> best comedy. So well, it was going to be Joe Farson called this the uh, the Nick Crawl press conference honorary award. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. and, and I think, I mean, you might as well just engrave his name on it like every year because it's all, I mean, as long as he's the Reds GM, that's it. But, you know, first runner up is Bob Castellini. Second runner up is Phil Castellini. Uh, more, most ridiculous performance in front of a group of reporters. <laughs> right. But I, I would have said crawl or something like that until I saw uh, Vado's. Uh, TikTok today, <laughs> where he was he was basically imi- imitating Carl Spackler from uh, Caddyshack, and uh, it was he's just like he's coming out of his shell, and it's but he can curate it himself. It's not dependent on somebody else. He can put out what he wants to put out, and I'm here for it. It's at, so good at it. Oh my goodness! Everything you know, your goal. Yeah, he had like a, a minute long video on Instagram last week. And of course, I'm, I have nothing better to do in my life. I sat and watched it. And he gives this whole talk about what he's going to do on Instagram. And then he says, but mostly what I'm going to do is just uh, every single meal. I'm going to take pictures of every single meal. And he like stares in the camera and goes, no, never. And they just continue staring in the camera for about five seconds. And it ends. I mean, it's just uh, that guy is a is a treasure. He's just a treasure, and I would take uh, Joey Votto's movie recommendations. I'd take him before yours. Easy, partner. (laughs) Best performance from a newcomer. This is the best rookie award, and there's some there's some choices here. We have all kinds of choices. Yeah. Bill, I'll let you jump in if you want to jump in first, or you can give it to one of us. I think Nick Ladola. He's the guy that I I really think he is going to have a a, a, a providing he can stay healthy, which has been a problem with the with the blisters and then the shoulder. If he can stay healthy, I think he can be competitive on the major league level right out of the gate. I really do. I expect him to have a better year than Hunter Green does. Nate, yeah, Ladola was my choice too. Um, I think Hunter Green has just as good of a chance to uh, <laughs> to uh, take oh, this. Man, don't start this. 
But sorry if you're not watching on YouTube. Uh, Bill didn't realize I had admin privileges and I changed his, his name there. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. Yeah, I think it's a little dolo, but Hunter Green's going to have a chance to uh, to run away with it as well. Um, but he's he's just a little bit young, and I think that uh, those power pitchers at that age they're going to rely on that fastball. Pitchers these days can hit it, so he needs to a little bit more time to learn to pitch. And I think Lodolo is just a little bit ahead of him in that regard. Yeah, I think we're all going with Lodolo here. And, and maybe that's just, uh, I don't know, maybe we're just picking against uh, the guy with the most talent. Hunter Green has the most talent. Hunter Green has a higher ceiling. Nick Lodolo has a lower floor is the way I would put it. Nick Lodolo is going to be, if he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, he's going to be a legitimate big league pitcher for a long time. Hunter Green very well may be as well. But I'm not sure yet what Hunter Green is going to be. Uh, you know, he could end up being a lights out back of the bullpen guy. You know, that might be his his uh, floor. Um, I, I hope not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that's what the Reds should do. Lodolo, though, just you know, he's a college guy. You know, I, and I expect he's going to be a little bit more ready this year. So, um, you, you know, it's interesting though, and I don't know whether this is because of his injury or because of the ways that the Reds have treated him. None of us brought up Barrera. I thought about it. He, uh, he's sort of fallen out of the, you know. The discussion, yeah. Yeah, it's because of that injury. We don't know when he's going to be back or how severe it is, but he very well could be. Well, the injury plus the fact that I'm not entirely sure how much he's in the Reds' plans. You know, they've kind of jerked him around a little bit. I don't know what their plan is for him. So well, and, and as you guys talked about last week, there's there's two other shortstops in the system that get that get a lot of press too. And are, Big and time are, prospects, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and so and, – and, you know, we, 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 we've joked off – I was about to get frustrated about, with something here. No, no, no. We've joked off and on about you know, the kid getting pushed into the outfield. But, and we talked about a few weeks ago, the Reds have had a history of moving shortstop to the outfield. that did pretty darn well, too. So it's not – Can you name one? I can name one named Eric Davis. He was pretty no, good. No, that's not the best one. Not the best, not the best one. That's the only one I can think of that was any good. Comic book superhero, Billy Eric Hamilton. Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Davis was a comic book superhero. But anyway, you know, so there may come a time when Barrero's playing in the outfield or or McLean or what's the third guy's name? It just ran out of my head. Ella De La Cruz. Yeah. Ooh. You know, if you can play shortstop in the big leagues, you can play the outfield. Well, here's my thing. I don't, I, I don't mind the idea of Jose Barrero being a everyday outfielder on the big league level. My whole thing is just that if you can stick at shortstop, you need to stick at shortstop and not have Kyle Farmer beat you out of the position, right? That's the problem. Um, him, yeah. him not playing shortstop so you can play Kyle Farmer at shortstop is what makes no sense. Whoa, whoa, if it's whoa. because they don't think he can play shortstop, that's one thing. Uh, yeah, all right, right, Bill. Are you? How dare you? Nate, go ahead. Get at him. This is the Kyle Farmer Fan Club podcast that you joined here. <laughs> you need to change your tone, sir. <laughs> I'm out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, a couple more, couple more categories. Let's, let's run through these because we have some viewer mail questions I want to get to. Best director, most impactful coach, manager, front office employee. I started to abstain because there's no one that I think is any good necessarily. But I'm going to say Nick Crawl because when you say impactful, I think he is impacting this team in the wrong direction. So Nick Crawl wins my vote. That's fair. I went with uh, Derek Johnson, I think, with all the young arms and the roster that DJ oh, yeah. going to play a big role. I remember him. He's good. That's right. 
<laughs> they do have a good it, pitching coach. impactful, but not necessarily in a good way. I'll say anybody with the last name Castellini. I left it open to that. I, I, I had in the notes originally think of this as like the Time Person of the Year, Time Magazine. It doesn't always mean they're a good person. That's right. They are Adolf Hitler, Bob Castellini, you know. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, All right. Positive. So Derek Johnson is going to have a just roster full of healthy arms, and the Reds are going to win 82 games. Next category, best cinematography. We've already uh, answered this one, I think. It's the player with the best social media presence. That's got to be Joey at this point, right? Who else okay. would it be? If they uh, go out and sign Johnny Cueto, then I think that uh, we, have a, we have a tough battle there for the top two. <laughs> That's true. And I'll give kudos to uh, Jonathan India in the offseason. He did not hesitate to show up all of the offseason long wearing Bengals gear. Uh, he was he was trying to appeal to the Cincinnati fans, so kudos attended, to him. He attended a number of Bengals. I don't know if he went to the games, but he sure went to the tailgates before the games. <laughs> yeah. He didn't go to the barber. Well, Kid needs to cut I think his that, hair. As you guys kind of hinted about last week, I think that has become a prerequisite to being to, to being traded to the Reds, is you have to have the golden locks. Good. Chad, you and I, Nate, I don't think any of us could play for the Reds at this point, you know? A little too thin on the top for me. You have to be as good as Joey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny uh, Twitter account uh, today in Reds Facebook uh, this week had a they had a pic- the Reds posted a picture of Indy and his hair and uh, they were they posted some comments. Our buddy that runs that account posted some comments of uh, people complaining about how he needs a haircut. I mean, you know, who cares? Really, you know, even I don't say that. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of a fake grumpy guy. You play it for the purposes of this podcast, but um, yeah, I mean, just cut his hair. All right, uh, last question: the Lifetime Achievement Award, aka the Joey Votto Award. Nate, who wins the Lifetime Achievement Award, aka the Joey Votto Award? This is Joey Votto's award until he decides to stop playing. He just gets it every year. We'll always mention it because it gives us a chance to heap love, praise, and adoration on our favorite red, Joseph. Another reason to give him some love. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, those are the Cincinnati Reds uh, preseason Academy Awards. Um, I didn't want to slap either of you. And that was not that was not scripted, by the way. We almost was, had a uh, another category for a best supporting actress, and it was going to be the uh, player's wife or girlfriend that had the best social media presence, but we figured that we should keep all of their wives' names out of our mouth. I, I, I looked at that. I looked at that though, and didn't have any idea. And, and the only person, the one that I knew, and she's not here anymore, was Tucker's wife. She had a, she had a very active and a good uh, Twitter account. I was going to vote for actually for Matt Latos's wife, if you uh, recall that way back in the day. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's move on to our viewer mail questions. These questions come from our friends at patreoncom riverfrontcency. That's patreoncom riverfrontcency. Before we do the first one, can I ask you a favor? Can you uh, like? And subscribe at YouTube, please. It, it costs you nothing. Just like, subscribe. Now, like, go, go, smash that that uh, subscribe button, and then when we go uh, when we go live like this, you'll get a notification. First question comes from Joe Farsing. Joe's question is this: Last pod before the season starts, so give me a couple of bold predictions. Bold predictions. First bold prediction. I think Bill made a bold prediction that I'm going to use as one of mine, which is that. Tyler, Tyler Stevens is going to be the, the best offensive player, maybe the MVP of this team by the end of the season. That's a pretty bold prediction that I think has a chance of being uh, correct. Nate, do you have a bold prediction? 
The Reds are going to claim that final playoff spot. They're going to get top 10 MVP seasons from Votto and Jonathan India. And Nixon Zell is going to win Comeback Player of the Year. Boom. Wow. Man, that's a lot of fingers you're, you're, you're counting on there, you know? Mine would be be Nick Senzel plays 135 games this year. How about this bold prediction? Nick Lodolo is the best pitcher on the best starter on the team this year. It's pretty bold. I could see it happening though. Well, next quote. Go ahead. Going into the season, don't you think he's probably the third, you know, in terms of talent, probably number three. In terms of talent, if we don't include Luis Castillo, and, yeah. and probably Mike Miner, you know, it depends on what you think about Miner. Um, I don't talent's know. one thing, but well, no, if it's, we're talking about sheer talent, he's behind Hunter Green. Um, right. But in terms of like, likelihood to be, you know, a legit pitcher this year, he's up there. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not sure when we're going to see Castillo or Miner, just because. I don't have faith, any faith in what the Reds medical staff tells me. I just don't after all these years. I, Why not? They've never. We, we might see him, you know, in the end of April, we might see him at Labor Day in a parade. <laughs> hey, did you see the parade? Did you see the parade news? Grand Marshal of the parade this year? Barry Larkin? Mr. Larkin. Everybody likes Barry Larkin. Ne- next question. Next question comes from Calvin Medcalf. Calvin says, Tommy Pham has openly said he's on a revenge tour and is only looking out for himself. I'm not sure those are the exact words, but uh, it's in the neighborhood. Do we still think he's a good fit for this organization, or are we as fans willing to overlook this poor mindset if he performs well? Uh, Predict his homer numbers, guys. Thanks. Can't wait to become seriously tired from watching these games five hours ahead. Our buddy Calvin is over in the the UK, so good luck with with that. But, you know, I have to get up early to watch all your – Premier League uh, football games, so I don't feel too uh, much sympathy for you. Uh, Tommy Pham, I hope Tommy Pham on a one-year deal is absolutely looking out for himself and trying to have the best individual season he can have. Does anyone disagree with me? I hope he has a Ron Gantish season. Yeah, I think uh, the lockout reminded us this is a business. Um, and chase stats and still uh, positive presence in the clubhouse. Go out there, get those numbers, hit 30 home runs, get on base at tons, just rake against lefties. and Every year, back when the world was young, every year Pete Rose went into spring training and said his goal was to get 200 hits in a season. Is that selfish? If he got 200 hits in the leadoff spot, you were going to score some runs. Fam did say some really complimentary things about, I think, called Votto the hitting coach and yeah, some of the other players. So I, I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I think that uh, he was a little annoyed. I mean, he's having a bad day that day, for all I know. But yeah, he's going to go out there and chase. He's going to try to do the best he can on the field, and that only helps the ball club. Yeah, no issues with it whatsoever. Uh, next question comes from Hooper Pal Hooper. If you guys were starting a band, which three Reds would you ask to join? Also, it would be a, would it be a jam band, a boy band, or a death metal band? I love this. Question. It's going to be a jam. Yeah. It's going to be a jam band. Jonathan is the first one I ask. Oh, yeah, the Who, hair. you got to have the hair. Yeah. And you who's gotta next? Have Tyler, you got to have Tyler Stevenson on base. 
<laughs> really? That's interesting. You gotta have the tall okay, guy. You gotta have the tall guy on base. I you took a different stand-up base. I took a different. Oh. I went. I went boy band. Okay. I grew up in the in the in sync Backstreet Boys era, ninety eight degrees. That boy Nick Lachey. Um, uh, ninety eight degrees, number one. Um, I think Tyler Stevenson is the uh, he's the heartthrob. He's a, he's, a, he's a handsome man. I think Jonathan Andy is there. He's got the uh, the fun, a little bit of a bad boy look to him. And then I went with Hunter Green because I think uh, I think that smile is going to play with the ladies. All right, love if you. Have to have- I'm 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 modeling my band after the Allman Brothers. So. <laughs> I'm modeling my band after the greatest band of all time, Hanson. <laughs> oh my I, thought, I thought you were going to say ABBA. I didn't know who you were going to pick to be in your ABBA band. Jerry Sanuth, the Reds traded for prospects and not MLB-ready talent. This is actually what we wanted done in 2015 but didn't get. If this is what they're trying to do, why couldn't they have articulated this point better are they too cheap to spring for decent PR folks as well as decent ball players? Well, um, I think that's a reasonable point, Jerry. I think that is what we wanted when the Reds traded Cueto and, and all those guys way back then. Jay Bruce. Um, yeah, Jay Bruce, all of them. Um, but then they, if they had done that, it would have been, had been an indication they were committing to an actual rebuild rather than the kind of half measures they were doing. I don't think it's just a PR problem. I think it's just they don't know what they're doing right now. I think they're just struggling for a – they don't have a plan. They're struggling for a direction. Yes, it's what we wanted, and yes, it's better than going out and getting the uh, the uh, Jose, uh, Jose Perazas of the world, you know. But uh, on the other hand, it, it, it's indicative of a, a lack of any sort of plan as far as I'm concerned. Either of you have anything to say? I think every day Nick Kroll comes into work, puts his little briefcase down, sits at his desk, his phone rings, he answers it, and he responds to who's ever on the end of that phone with no idea how it affects anything else he did the day before. That phone call is all he can focus on. You know, and I'll trade you so-and-so for so-and-so. Ooh, that's a good deal. We'll do that. Whether it makes any sense for the long-term significance for this ball club or not. Yeah, the moves were going to stink no matter what. But here we are. There here we, we go. Are. Scott Boldman, um, let's see, Scott has a couple questions. We'll answer the first one here because we're running short on time. Hunter Green pitched 106 innings last year. He mentioned 130 in an interview. What's his likely limit? A 20% increase would allow for roughly 25 starts at five innings per. How about Lodolo, who only pitched 60 innings last year? So, yeah, what's the limit? I I can't imagine that either of those go more than 150 innings. I think that's the absolute max. But, yeah, Lodolo only pitched 60 innings. So, that's something to think about. Are they how 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 well they're going to manage that? Are they just going to let, r- ride their arms and see if they can throw two hundred innings? Because who cares? They're not going to sign with the Reds when they become free agents anyway. They'll trade them away before they uh, become a free agent. Either of y'all had any thoughts on that? It, it's a very good point, you know, and it, and it affects the things we talked about earlier when we were talking up Labdola so much. And and you know, if he's only going to pitch one hundred and twenty, let's say let's let's use the number one hundred and twenty innings. Uh, how valuable can he really be at 120 innings in terms of the whole season? Uh, and the same thing with green. Um, do they, do, at some point, do they go to the piggyback, go back to the piggyback idea? You know, the old Homer Bailey days. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't like, I agree with you. I can't see either one of them going more than 120 innings or, or something. Like that. And Lodolo, I don't even think they'll let him get that high. 
I agree. Kyle Kapler, besides a general manager of an MLB franchise, what other career would Nick Crawl be bad at? I'm going with teacher as no one would learn anything. I mean, I think the obvious answer is here. He could never be a, uh, a PR professional. You know, can you imagine him being a spokesman for some corporation or uh, how about, how about a presidential, uh, you know, press secretary? Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? I don't know. I kind of thought he might be great at that. Who's, who's better at saying nothing? <laughs> Explosive ordinance disposal. He will not be asked to join my boy band. He's not in the boy band. We know that. Oh, that's good. Uh, Rich Thompson, gentlemen, look into your He's going to be the manager of your boy band, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Nicholas Day is going to manage the boy band. <laughs> Rich Thompson asks, gentlemen, look into your crystal balls. I don't know if either of you have crystal balls. But uh, he says, of course, they do have to have a red stitching like a baseball. That sounds painful. And tell me when you see Nicola Dolo as a permanent fixture in the red starting rotation if he remains injury-free? It's a good question. Uh, I think this year. Yeah. I think April. If he's injury-free, I went. I think yeah. April until they, they until they shut him down. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy. Agreed. Yeah, maybe that's optimism, but. Well, the, the other thing we've talked, and we, how, many, how many years have we been saying this, Chad? As long as the Reds have, are, are going to be patient with him, and I don't know that they're going to have any option but to be patient with him because they don't have anybody that else that they're going to be able to bring up and, and stick in his spot if he struggles. They're just going to have to let them, these young guys struggle through. Uh, and, and the big thing, what we and we've been hammering on this for a million years, is we as fans have got to be patient with these guys. Young players, especially pitchers, struggle. Right. Yeah, it's going to happen. James Urban, which, there's only one answer to this question, by the way. Which former Red do you wish you could watch opening day with? Nate, Adam, I'll let you answer this one first. Adam Dunn. It's got to be Adam, Adam Dunn. Dunn. It's the only answer, right? Double fisting. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I would say that maybe the only other person I could think of would be uh, Paul Yonish. That's because you want him to buy you a donkey. That's Kozar. That was Kozar. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I do want Yannis to buy me a donkey for what it's worth. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've long thought that. Absolutely. Um, I thought we had a comment from our buddy Joey Gaditza. It's not showing up. Maybe it will in a moment. But uh, either way, Joey, thank you for thank you for being a part of the, the broadcast tonight. Last question. I, I, I would like – I would. I'll tell you what, though, I would like to watch, not necessarily now, but 10 years ago, I would like to watch, sit down and watch the game with Pete Rose. I would like to now with Pete Rose because with, you know, DraftKings and uh, we could uh, sit and I could get his, uh, get his advice on how to, uh, how to bet. And do the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Okay, last question comes from our friend Carl Mitz. Carl asks this, the lineups this year are going to be tricky. If y'all had to build the best lineup possible with the roster as it's shaping up, including the Lashley Platoons, what would it look like? Curious as to where Tommy Pham fits in, second in Winker's old slot. He's crying about that, uh, Carl says, or somewhere more in the middle of the lineup. Thanks. Uh, first of all, I think that um, Indy is your leadoff, and I think I think Pham's your number two hitter. If I'm making the lineup, I like Pham at number two. Guy gets on base. Um, uh, so who, so you do either of y'all disagree with those? Let's build it together. That's how I had it. I, I kind of like Fam in a three, but I don't know who I want in the two. Maybe Stevenson. See, I go with um, Stevenson 
at three and Votto four. Okay. See, I might go Votto two, Fam three, Stevenson four. I had that flop flipped. I went uh, Votto three, Stevenson four. I feel like there's just a uh, there's there's a stigma that comes with being in that number three slot, and maybe uh, let Tyler Stevenson get a few more innings under his belts before we put that burden on a, on the young fellow. And then you know five through nine depends on the day. Yeah, I say Naquin's Naquin's probably going to be five more often than not, unless Aquino's in Moose with him. Senzel six. Who, who'd you have, Nate? I'd Moose at five. Yeah, I guess Mustakas, um, if he's healthy. Um, so Mustakas, Naquin, five, six. Senzel, seven. And then pick your yeah, – Senzel, Naquin. Who are, who, who are we forgetting? There's a DH in there somewhere as well. Everybody, Mr. Farmer. Kyle Farmer's nine. Yes. Farmer.com. Farmer's nine. Sinzel, Naquin, and then uh, you think Jake Fraley, maybe Solano against lefties if he's healthy. Yeah, Nate, you literally just said Jake Fraley, maybe Solano. Good Lord. I had no reason for this at all, but Jake Fraley's going to have an awesome year. He's going to be fun. I don't know why I'm thinking that. I like anyone named Jake, but come on. Like Jake from State Farm? Exactly like Jake from State Farm, yes. All right, that's. Uh, I think that's a good place to stick a pin in it. Uh, any final thoughts, Nate Dotson? I'm excited for the next podcast to be after the season has begun. Um, I'm ready. It's going to be a fun year. No matter all the all the noise, all the crap aside, we're going to have a lot of fun this year. Thanks to everyone for listening and being a part of this. And look out for a billboard. Absolutely. Um, so, Bill, any final any final thoughts? It'll it'll be nice to. Um actually be able to second guess David Bell next podcast. Yeah, we actually get to get back to talk about baseball. Talking about baseball. Um, you know, I, I, I'll kind of echo what uh, well, both of you all have really said, which is that, you know what? This has been a, uh, we, we, a rough off season for Reds fans, but this is the time of the year that I always, always, always get excited. I'm ready to watch the Reds. I'm ready to watch baseball. I'm excited. You know, um, are the Reds going to be great? Probably not, but you know what? It's the spring, and hope springs eternal. All right, this is the uh, Riverfront, episode number 417. Listen, go to youtube.com slash riverfrontcincy. Give us a like. Give us a, uh, Hit that subscribe button, please. Come on. It costs you nothing. Subscribe. Let, uh, hit that little bell symbol, and you'll get notifications when we go live. We're going to try to do that more often during the season. We're at Riverfront Cincy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, everywhere. And if you want to support the podcast and join the family, the family that is, uh, uh, has coordinated to get this billboard that's going up this week, go to patreon.com slash riverfront since you can join the family. Guys, a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Until next time. For Nate Dotson, for Bill Lack, and for the GOAT, Paul Yanish. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.